an epistle of the Spirit of God. I am a disciple of my man of God. I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just want to acknowledge those of you that are watching us on Facebook Live. Uh, we welcome you uh, that are watching us remotely. Uh, we're about to enter a new series, and so I'm so glad that you're here to experience the kickoff of the series. Please like it, share it, let us know where you are watching from. So many times I run into people and they say, I've been watching. I'm like, you didn't tell me. I didn't know. So if you would do that, that just lets us know how the word is reaching out. There's also information if you want to contribute and help us to help others experience the difference of destiny. We'd love for you to um, partner with us uh, if the Lord moves you in that way. And um, I'm really excited about this series because our real objective is to strengthen you in your prayer life, to help you understand that as a believer, you have, you got power with God. Um, and that power is exercised in the midst of your prayer life, really more than anything else. That's what we're talking about, having a dynamic dialogue with your divine creator in such a way that it transforms not only your life, but the lives of those that you care about that are around you, that God has something that he wants to do and that you are a part of helping God do that thing that he wants to do in your situation and in your community. So that's what we're going to talk about. So stay tuned. We're going to have a lot that um, I promise you, if you just walk with me through this series, your prayer life will be changed and you will see transformation and the benefit transformational benefits in the lives of those around you because you pray. All right. All right. So our new series, um, Destiny Generation, is engaging increase through intercessory prayer. Engaging increase through intercessory prayer. That uh, there is an ability, a capability to, um, to uh, that we've talked about that God has destined us for increase in 2018. But just because it's God's destiny for increase doesn't mean that the increase that he has for you is automatic. Right? There's a lot of things that God wants to do, but they don't all happen the way he wants them to happen. Now, ultimately, in the global plan of God, God's God, and he's going to have what he has. But the question is, will he have what he wants in your life? You got as much to do with that as he does. Because God has already set certain things aside. He's already, Jesus already died and he rose again. We celebrated that, didn't we? And he's already seated at the right hand of the Father. But he's, he still has some expectations that his enemies be made his footstool. And we are as much a part of that as God is. All right? So that's our, our series that we're going into. Four objectives. And these are series objectives. And then I'll walk you through some scriptures. I won't get through all of the scriptures today. Um, but I'm just setting the framework for this new series, okay? Number one is to illuminate the authority of the believer and the power of partnership with the Heavenly Father through prayer. You have an authority. God will stop by and consult with you to, to determine what's going to happen in the, in the lives of the people that are around you. He will stop by and say, hold it, right? Pastor David, where you get that from? Because in Genesis chapter 18, 
the scriptures tell us that God said, um, I'm really planning on coming by and dealing with Moses, excuse me, with Sodom and Gomorrah, but I can't do it until I come by and stop, stop by and talk to Abraham. So he said, even though there was judgment due this city, he said, I can't, I, I got to go by and talk to my man. I can't hide it from him what's about to happen, right? So I just want you to know that, that part of your intercessory ability, the authority that you had is that God respects the authority that he puts on your life, right? So there's the authority of believer, and there's power for you to partner with God through prayer. Number two, to identify ranks, regions, realms, and regimens of prayer that will bring God's will to pass in the earth, that there are ranks in prayer. In other words, there is a space where you are the authority, right? So I've been dealing um, in men of destiny prayer, and I said, man, I said, listen, man, you the head of your home, brother, you better know how to pray. You the ranking authority in your house, you better know how to talk to God. You better know how to get some orders from headquarters because you have a rank in your home, and God respects that. And if you're not praying, then your house is uncovered. There's ranks. There's not only ranks, there's regions. Abraham wasn't just an authority in his house. He was. He was an authority in his region because God was about to do a regional judgment and said, I'm not going to do something that major in that region without talking to the authority that I have established in that region. All right? So it's ranks, it's regions, it's realms. Prayer has the ability to cause you to reach out from the natural realm into the spiritual realm or the supernatural realm. And then to get information from the supernatural realm, that impacts your natural realm, right? And so sometimes we're praying on one thing here, and then behind the scenes, angels are moving and doing things that we can't see. So that's a whole part of the prayer experience. You have to believe that more things are happening than your eyes can see when you pray. There's realms associated with it. And then finally, that there's regimens. The scripture says it this way, the prayers, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You can be righteous, but if you're not fervently praying, the Greek word there is energeia, where we get energetic. I read that one time, and the Lord told me, if you fall asleep on, my pray on your prayer, then I am too. So there's some regimens, there's some things that you can practice and be very disciplined and consistent about that will help bring things to pass in your situation. Number three, to invoke the willingness, excuse me, the wisdom, the willingness, and the work ethic to prevail in warfare prayer that overcomes darkness with the kingdom of light. Sometimes in your prayer, you do hit spiritual opposition. You know, I was a Star Wars kid, and, um, you know, they would say, use the force, Luke. But there was a dark side to the force. 
wasn't just the good guys. There was some bad guys out there. Spiritually, that's the case. But there is some things that you can do that you can, you can know how to partner with God with the authority that you have to push back things that are dark or against God's light and still cause his will to come to pass, even in enemy territory. And then finally, finally, number four, to invite Destiny Generation Church into the birthing position as we intercede for God to move on our region with revival. Part of prayer is that prayer spiritually births things. There are things that God wants to have happen, and those things will not happen unless somebody actually agrees with what God desires to happen and prays that thing through as, as just as a, a parent giving, as a mother giving birth to a child. So spiritually, we give birth to things that God desires to happen through prayer. When you're in that kind of prayer, it may not be, oh, thank God it's done, and, and then you get it tomorrow. When it's a birthing kind of thing that's happening in your prayer life, those kinds of things happen. That means you're willing to stay with it until. And you're, you're recognizing that your prayer is part of the seed that produces the harvest that you're praying for. We gave you the example previously how Elijah prayed for three and a half years and it didn't rain. And then he prayed again. And his prayer produced the rain. He had sown a seed he had given. But on the other side of his giving, nothing had transformed until he prayed. And the scripture says he got down with his head between his knees. He got into a birthing position. And sometimes we just want things to be done like, okay, God, thank you, and it's done. And sometimes there's stuff you can pray like that. But not everything's going to come that easy. And you have to be willing to, call, to, to, to really dig in. And so we believe that God wants to do something good in our region. I know about all of the news. I know. But if I didn't believe in the, in, in the resurrection power of God to overcome what's in our region, I would have packed up and left. I believe God can still turn things around. But he turns things around in partnership with the people who are praying. All right. So here's our scriptures. The first one is the scriptures that we've had before. I'm going to bridge from that one into some new scriptures for this series. Genesis 1, 26 through 29. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Dominion is the key word there we're going to talk about today. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And I said, even that creep the devil. Number, verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, 
and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it should be for food. All right? New scriptures for today, but these, um, these next two are on our handout from the beginning of the year. Ezekiel 22:30 says, so I saw for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me, on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God was looking for an intercessor. He was looking for somebody who would stand between the people and himself and pray for that group of people, right? Now let's look at Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, Pastor David, why is this scripture um, so important? It's important because I want you to recognize that spiritually you have a seat of authority. You have authority. Um, and that heaven recognizes it. And hell recognizes it if you recognize it. They're going to try to talk you out of it. But if you recognize it, then they're going to have to recognize too. Okay? Now, this is our scripture, Matthew 4, 13 through 16. That, that is the scripture that I am, I am firmly, firmly in faith for when it comes to regional revival. We believe that our assignment from God, our assignment as a congregation, is to raise up a light of spiritual, social, and economic empowerment that brings transformation to a region. Pastor David, where do you get? That's audacious. It is audacious. Praise God. Um, what gives you the right to believe that you could do that? Well, this is it. I'm going to show you right here in the scripture. Here's, here's Jesus doing the same thing. Matthew 4, 13 through 16. And leaving Nazareth, he, talking about Jesus, came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the shadow and region of death, has light has dawned. Right? So Jesus had something on him that he sat. That region was a region known for being dead. But in that region known for death, can anything come good come out of Nazareth, they said. Great light sprang up that transformed that whole area. Okay? So that's what we're believing for. Now, uh, we gave you eight prophetic impressions um, for this year, and I'm just reviewing this, and this is going to just bridge into the, the series. We said that 
that there is a grace on Destiny Generation Church and its members and partners to be a lighthouse in our region. Number two, we say that God is raising us up as an embassy of his kingdom, a place where ambassadors gather and from which they exercise governmental dominion regionally. We believe that there is a spiritual environment and that we can change the environment in our region. Okay? Don't just think, I mean, you know, like, don't just let the devil just tell you your house got to be jacked up. Stop that. Your neighborhood's got to be bad. Stop that. You there. What you bind on earth, he'll bind in heaven. What you loose on earth, he'll loose in heaven. You have authority. All right? Number three, God is gracing the maturing aligned believer to multiply. That's why we're going through all of the things that we're doing in our area to call people out of darkness into light. That's why we're going through foundations class and making sure that you are spiritually sound so that your life can multiply and impact other people, all right? That you are using your position in people's lives to call them out of darkness into the light, right? And then number four, this is the one I just... Prayers of intercession and spiritual warfare will be necessary to reap the harvest of souls. That's what we're dealing with today. Prayers of intercession, meaning you're going to go to God and say, God, Johnny is a knucklehead, but we need you to save him. Intercession. You're praying on his behalf. Then... There's going to be times when you're going to have to say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you off of Johnny's mind. Okay? So you're, that, that's what we're talking about. Prayers of intercession. Sometimes we're talking to God. Sometimes we're interrupting the devil. All right? Both of those things are necessary. Right? Um, imagine, imagine... You know, I'm a child, you know, back in the day, we used to walk to school. Remember that? We used to walk to school. Like, kids had to get dropped off at the front door, and, you know, they always, nah, we, got, we walked. We walked. <laughs> we walked. We did. Back in the day, we used to walk, okay? They couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't drop us off, right? And imagine, you know, you had lunch. You, 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 you get hungry at school, so you ask your dad for some lunch money, okay? That's the, that's the part where you're asking the father for the money. Dad, give me some lunch money. Okay, here, here, here's what you need. Then on the way to school, one of the big kids decided they want to take your money. You don't go back and talk to dad because dad already gave the money. Now I got to deal with this kid. I, I, I need to make sure that that person understands that you ain't taking my money every day. Okay, so there's a time when we are interceding and talking to God to get an appropriation. And then sometimes on the way, somebody's trying to steal what God then gave you. And so we got to deal with both of those. Both of those are a part of an effective prayer life. Right? Okay. So eight key understandings of leadership. You have to recognize that you are a prayer leader. I, I, I don't know if I can pray. Yeah, you can pray. 
Yes, you can. I, I, I don't know if God, oh, God hear you. You. I, 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 I don't know. No, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. It don't seem like nothing happened. Oh, something's happening. Stay with it. But you have to recognize your leadership authority. So eight key understandings of leadership from Genesis chapters 1 through 4. The first one, God intended for mankind to have dominion, rada is the Hebrew word, leadership authority over the natural and spiritual environment of the planet. So sometimes, well, why did God let this happen? God looking down at us saying, why y'all let that happen? He's intended for mankind because he said, I'm giving mankind dominion in the earth. So that's his expectation is we are the people that are bringing transformation to our region. Number two, that leadership authority was to be exercised in partnership with God. It was never like, you know, God's over here, the devil's over here, and we just doing our own thing. Whatever leadership God gave us, he didn't intend for us to exercise on our own. That's why people who don't pray, they jacking up. I, don't, I mean, you can be a believer and love God and all of that, but he never meant for you just to be a leader by yourself and, God, I got this. I'll see you when I die. The scriptures tell us that God's voice would go walking. Didn't say his voice was talking. Said his voice would go walking in the garden. In the heat of the, in the cool of the day, not the heat of the day, the cool of the day, and talk to Adam and give him instructions. Because it was supposed to be a partnership with God and man. All right? Number three, number three. However, God will not violate the order he set up. When God gave man authority, he took that authority from himself. You know, um, daughters in college, hail to the victors, valiant. Okay, no Spartans. Don't be hating. Don't be hating. Don't be hating. I, I feel something from that side of the room. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, you know, last year, she, she finished her first year of engineering school at the University of Michigan. And... Um, we was believing, you know, for her to get this job. She got a job at GE. I didn't have nothing ready, but I said, no, we doing this one. Child, please. Dad, Dad, I don't have nothing ready. I don't care. We're going to figure this one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had to go and get her a car and all of this stuff. Now, imagine I got a car. I put it in her name. And then she decides that she's going to gamble the car away. That didn't happen. I'm just making a story. I'm just making a story. That didn't happen. I'm just making a That's a story. This is a story, y'all. It's a story. It's a story. Okay? But God gave Adam dominion, and then Adam did something with it that God had intended. Now... Once Adam made the decision, God wasn't, he couldn't take it back and say, I'm just going to take it back anyway. No, Adam, 
He made Adam a legal authority, and then Adam made a legal decision with his authority that was against what God had intended. Now, why is this important? This is this. I'm saying a lot about prayer. I mean, I hadn't got to the um, to the, the bees and the dials yet, but I'm really explaining to you that you are a legal authority on the planet, and that you have to invite God into your situation. All right, number four, man was designed to be Lord over the planet in partnership with his overlord, the Lord God. That's an important point. That's why prayer is so important. Okay. Number five, when man sinned, he exchanged overlords. It's never like God on one side, the devil on the other side, and you just out here in the middle. No, 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 no. You got a boss, baby. I'm atheist. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the devil. Guess what? Whether you believe in him, you still serve him. Because man was never designed to be without an overlord. In Romans it says... Whoever you obey, you become his servant. So when man stopped obeying God and started obeying the devil, then the devil became his overlord. Number six, man's leadership began to negatively affect those around him before he had a blessing that was coming out of him that was making those around him better. Then, once he had changed overlords, the thing that was on that overlord began to flow through him. The blessing which initially surrounded man became the curse. My acrostic definition for curse is that it's calamity, unrealized potential, and rejection due to sinful endeavors. Things that used to go right went wrong. Look at number seven. In the midst of fallen humanity, there was a remnant who would turn their heart toward God through prayer. Men begin to call on the name of the Lord. And then number eight, eventually God began to increase his partnership with humanity, with humanity through covenant covenant was a special type of legal agreement that God made with with certain members of humanity it's open to everybody but not everybody wants to enter into it but if you enter into a partnership with God there's just benefits with being God's partner yeah I, I call him my senior spiritual, sovereign, supernatural partner. There's benefits in being in partnership with God. And there were people who began to experience those benefits. His covenant partners walked in higher prayer authority to the benefit of themselves and those around them. So there's people like Enoch who walk with God. Noah had covenant with God, and then Abraham, and we'll talk about 
Abraham here shortly. I got some scriptures here. Um, I'm just watching my time. Genesis 3, 8 through 19. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase this one. So I'm going to talk you through this one. This one is where, and we, we talked about this some of this last week, where after man sinned, they heard God's voice walking through the garden, and they hid themselves from his presence. His voice was coming to them, and then they used to run towards it, but now, because of sin, they ran away from it, right? And then God told him about the curse, and Adam blamed his wife and all of this other stuff, right? Um, and he told him about all of the sorrow. But look at, um, and then that was chapter 3. Now I'm going to skip down to chapter 4. Then Adam and Eve had a son named Cain. They had another son named Abel. And then Abel was blessed God received his offering. He didn't receive Cain's. And look at verse 16. He judged, and then Abel, Cain killed Abel, and then he got judged for that. Verse 16 of chapter 4. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod in the east of Eden. Now look, skip down to verse 25. Verse 25 says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son named Seth, for God hath appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also was a son born, and he called his name Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Men began to call on the name of the Lord. Here's the first real reference to a life of prayer. People who call on the name of the Lord. Remember, they didn't even have the book of Romans chapter 10 that says, he who, he who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But they knew something, that there was something that they needed to do if they were going to get above the circumstance that was around them. They knew they needed to rise up and seek God through prayer. Now, um, I got some definitions for prayer. Um, the brothers that have been in Men of Destiny prayer, a lot of this is very familiar, and I'll, I will do this very, very quickly. Prayer is the intentional communication with God, giving and verbalizing directives, offering petitions, expressing adoration, verbalizing contrition and commitment, acknowledging thanksgiving and interceding for others. So prayer is an intentional communication with God, that God is giving you directions and you're receiving them, that you are treating God as if he is a king and his government is a kingdom and you are signing and offering a petition to God. I'm petitioning you for this based on the legal agreement that we have in the word of God that says healing is mine, salvation for my children are mine, that prosperity is mine, these things are mine, and I'm asking them for, from you formally, all right? I'm expressing adoration. God, I think you're an awesome God. I'm talking to you about the greatness of God. I am speaking verbally my contrition. God, I missed I missed it here. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. I want to get my act together. And I'm also expressing commitment. Lord, not my will. This is the way you want me to walk. I'm telling you that I'm willing. I'm acknowledging thanksgiving and interceding for others. Go on. Prayer is also FaceTime with the Father. That so impacts me that I leave with the greater reflection of his name, his nature, his character, and his conquering spirit. Something about my time in prayer transforms me. 
if I really spend time in prayer, the situation don't have to change, because but I've changed. I want to get, I want to spend time with God that I come out looking like him. I don't look like what I've been through is the way the song sings. I look like I've been with God. And even though my situation might not have changed, I have changed, and I'm going into the situation change. And so the prayer has changed me, and I produce change in my situation. Right? My acrostic definition for prayer is that it, prayer is petitioning royal access, yielding effective results. Then we say, because we acknowledge God as a king and his empire as a kingdom, then prayer is our ability to access heaven and through that access provide God access to the earth. God don't need access. He's sovereign. He can do what he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But he still needs somebody to partner with him in prayer because he gave man the dominion. That was a sovereign decision. He decided to put you in authority. And he's not going to disrespect the authority because you decide you want to gamble away the car keys. He respects your authority. I'm just telling you, you need to do something with it. Ever watch those? <clears throat> Sometimes you'll see a movie and then there's a man, you know, um, trying to attack a woman, but she got a gun, and she pointing, but the gun is shaking in her hand. And he's like, you don't want to shoot that. You don't know what you're doing. And I'm screaming at the TV saying, shoot him, shoot him dead. Shoot him and then call the police. Don't put your gun down. Shoot him first. Put him down and then call somebody. But shoot him. <laughs> and then he, she letting him, why you letting him walk on you? Why you letting him walk up on you? Shoot him. I'm screaming at, y'all don't scream at the TV. Pastor David, pray for me. I scream at the TV. True confession, I scream at the TV. But sometimes the devil is trying to talk you out of your authority. You ain't got to, you just, you just need to just let it go. It's just, go, it's just, just let it go. No, shoot him. Why are you letting him walk up on you and talk to you? Shoot him, shoot him, take your authority and shoot him. An intercessor is one who goes to God on behalf of another, fueled by the compassion of Jesus, or one who confronts demonic encroachments on behalf of, the, of another. That's what I mean when I say shoot him. Intercession is going to the one who has the answer on behalf of the one who has the problem. You have power when you pray. Don't just look at situations and then don't say nothing to God about them. Stop just, I, this is just the way it's going to be. Stop that. Pray. Pray. All right, Genesis chapter 20. I want to see some of these. I want to show you this scripture. The first time prayer, the word pray is mentioned in the Bible, was mentioned by God. And it was mentioned by God talking about Abraham. 
Now, let me set the situation. Abraham is God's man. Abraham has covenant with God. But Abraham was scared. He was scared that somebody was going to steal his lunch. But it wasn't his lunch. He was scared somebody was going to steal his wife. His wife, you know, I mean, you know, they say black don't crack. But I'm going to tell you, the blessing is better. Because she was 65, and the king of Egypt wanted to push up on her at 65. And in this time, she's 90, and they still trying to push up on her. I mean, she must have really looked good. I'm just saying. I mean, he had a bunch of, he had a bunch of, go read the Bible. I'm just saying. If, now, see, the blessing of Abraham is yours, and you a daughter of Sarah if you want that. Now, if you want to get old and ugly, so be it unto you. I'm just telling you, you don't have to. I'm just telling you that the blessing of Abraham is yours. You, listen, 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 listen. If he didn't want me to have it, he shouldn't have put it in the Bible. You don't have to get old and ugly if you don't want to. You don't have to. Not, let the beauty of holiness be on you. I'm just saying the beauty of holiness right here in Jesus' name. So anyway, back to my main story. That wasn't the main story, but that was free. Hallelujah. So Abraham is God's man, but he doesn't have confidence in his covenant. And because of that, he feels like these people can take me out and steal my wife. Because she really looked good. She looked better than all they women. That's what he was saying. With her old self, she still looked good. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm listen, you don't want that, you don't have to take it. But I'm going to tell you, it's in the Bible. And so he would have her tell him, tell folks that this is my sister. And uh, now he was scared, but she wasn't. I'm going to show you that. On Tuesday, I'm going to deal with this scripture in detail because we're dealing with relationships. And I'm going to deal with that in detail on Tuesday. Come back. I'm going to give you some more details on this one. But she was, she was fearless. He was scared. She wasn't. All right? And God backed her up. So when, when Abraham didn't protect her, God got in there and started fighting. Let me show it to you. Genesis 20. And Abraham journeyed. From there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman you have taken, for she is a man's wife. God got to fight. L listen here, bro. I know you think you a king and all of that, but let me tell you. She mine. You, you, better, you better recognize. That's the King David version. Didn't quite say it that way. But that's what God was telling him, wasn't he? You better recognize I got her back. But Abimelech had not, come near t had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? He was like, what? You trying to take me out and my people? Well, I didn't even know. Did he not say to me, she is my sister, and she even herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. God took it personal. See, that's why I tell men, I said, listen, brother, listen, man. 
the apostle Peter said, you better watch how you treat her because your prayers get hindered. God took it personal. Listen, I know God grazed me how I treat Nedra. He grazed me. He took that personal. Said he took it personal. He said, I kept you from sinning, not just against Abraham. I took you from, I took, I kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet. And he will pray for you. This first time the word prayer is mentioned in the Bible. And he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you will surely die, you and all who are yours. I'm going to take you and all your peoples out. Now, what I just said. He said, I come fighting for her. You better recognize, you mess with her, I'm going to take you and all your peoples out. <laughs> See, you, you got to understand, you, I'm reading it a different way because, you know, God got a little gangster in there. I'm just saying, now you, now you can say it the way you want to, but doesn't that sound gangster? Like, I'm going to take you and all your people out. You better recognize <laughs> Talking about the original OG. Yeah, that's the original OG. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, we serve the everlasting God. They can, you can't get any older than that, baby. That's the OG. Okay, that's the big one. He said, I'm going to take you out. Now look at verse 10 and 11. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you have in view that you have done this thing. And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. Now, he was scared, but scriptures tell us in other passages, Sarah wasn't even scared. She knew God had her. She wasn't trusting him. She was trusting God. Now, look at verse 16. Then to Sarah, he, King Abimelech, said, Behold, I have given your brother in quotes, your brother, quote, unquote, a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus she was rebuked. He said, listen, listen, y'all got me in trouble with God. Here, take this money and get out. Y'all need to go someplace. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children, for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Abraham, Sarah's wife. God was not playing. Now, see, this is part of the blessing of Abraham. When it says Christ is in you and the blessing of Abraham is on you, you need to believe that he will supernaturally fight to protect you. Now, now we live in a day that there's bullies and gangsters and all kinds of things. You need to, you need to open your mouth and say that kind of protection belongs to me. Listen, I'm sending my wife out places. I can't be with her all the time. I'm sending my daughter out places. I confess these scriptures. I'm like, yo, God, you looking out for my baby. He looked out for her. All right. Eight principles of authority. Closely related to the power of recession is the position of authority. So let's look at this. This is the list, and then we're done. Number one, God is the author of all of all, God, the author of all, is the source of all authority. He is the supreme authority. All right? 
Number two, in the earth, he has chosen to delegate authority to humanity. Let us make man and let them have dominion in the earth. Three, the badge of that authority is your body, your earth suit. Okay? Number four, when you lose that earth suit, you lose authority in the earth. That's why granny is not haunting houses. Stop that. Stop. Okay? Once you let, let go of your body, you can't stay here. You either get in heaven or they incarcerate you in hell. All right? Number five, because man lost that authority through the fall, Jesus became a man to regain it. He said, sacrifice and burn offering, God, you don't desire. You have prepared for me a body. That's Hebrews 10, 5 through 9. Number six, the earth suit was so important that Jesus took his to heaven with him so that he could still pray for you and accomplish God's will on the earth. Wow, because he lives to make intercession for us, doesn't he? Number seven, while you can pray for anyone and everyone, you are especially empowered for those connected to your sphere of authority or who have authority over you. That's why you may not have voted for President Trump, but you need to pray for him. I'm just saying. He got the nuclear football. You need to pray for him. I didn't, I didn't say if you liked him. You need to pray for him. Right? Stuff happening in our country. We don't, in our city, our governor is saying, hey, y'all don't need no water. You need to pray for him. Now, you can go home and cuss him, but cussing won't do it as much as praying for him. I'm just saying, you're supposed to take your authority to pray. Now, when I first taught this series, I taught it in Men, Men of Destiny Prayer. So, number eight it was what I told the brothers. All right, so let's look at this one, this last one. I said, your wife should go to sleep and get up hearing you pray for her. Man, it got awfully quiet in here. I, I thought the sisters would have said an amen somewhere. You're in authority. Use your authority to pray. Where did I get that from? Because Jesus, the disciples, fell asleep and woke up, and Jesus was still praying for them. He was using his authority in their life to pray. When I'm doing this and I'm with the men, I have all the men stand, and then as their pastor, they see me get on my knees, and then I pray for the church. Because I want them to understand that as their authority here spiritually, that I take my responsibility to pray for them very seriously. Because when they go home and they're the authority, I'm working to model to them that their family should see them pray for the family. Your wife should see you pray. If you want authority, submit to God's authority. God, I... I'm in the driver's seat, but I can crash this thing. I can jack this thing up. I need your help. And they should see you pray. Get the instruction from headquarters you need to lead your family. Let's stand. Did this bless you today? Hallelujah.
I just want you to know that there's a whole lot of stuff we're going to learn about prayer, and we're going to really get deep in prayer in this series. But if you recognize today that you have authority, that you exercise that authority in the name of Jesus and pray in his name for situations that's affecting you and your family, you got enough to already win. We'll get more detailed and we'll get you all of the other specifics. But I just want you to know that as a believer who has the right to use the name, Once you recognize the authority that you have in his name, that you can use his name to cause things to come to pass. Part of that authority that you have is the ability to exercise the name. My daughter has my name, and there are certain things that she gets just because she has my name. Okay. But some of that I got to pass before it really all transfer. Lady Nedra, on the other hand, she can use my name on a whole different level. They will let her spend it all, bruh. She can spend it all. She has more authority in the use of my name than my daughters. They both have my name. But because of her maturity, and her relationship with me is a different relationship. It's one of maturity. She has the authority to, to do anything with my name that I can do with it. And so what I want you to recognize is that as you walk with God, as you mature in the things of God, God will trust you to use the name of Jesus. When you say, I'm praying this in the name of Jesus, once you really get to the point where you recognize the authority in that name and how you wield it, you tell the devil to get out of your situation in the name of Jesus. It's just like if Jesus said it. He'll let you spend it all. That's why this prayer thing, this intercession thing is so important. And that's why you have to take with gravity, with seriousness, the authority that you have to move heaven on the earth through your prayer life. God has an amazing plan for each and every one of us. He put his plan in place before the world began, before any thought, any mistake, problem, habit, or misfortune overtook your life. So often people want to get their act together before coming to the Lord. The reality is that you can't get your act together on your own. That's why you need to come to the Lord. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, believers are praying, if you'd like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life so that you can benefit from this amazing plan, I love to lead you through the process. It's really simple. You just have to believe the things that I share, that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose again from you, for you, and ask him to be the Lord, which means to be the ruler of your life. If that's you, you want to make Jesus the ruler of your life, would you show me that just by raising your hand? In the name of Jesus, yeah. Amen. All right, second, second appeal is... Um, Maybe you, you are a believer, but you've let hindrances, circumstances, and habits get in your way. Or you saw something in, in the Word today, and you're saying, God, I really 
I want to take hold and engage the increase that you have for me in prayer. I haven't taken seriously my authority, but I, I see that you want to do something more through me, through my prayer life. And I'm, I'm committing to you with the help of, of your spirit to pray more effectively in my life and cause change to come in my situation. If that's you, would you show me that by raising your hand? I see your hand. I see your hands. In Jesus' name. All right, put your hands down. Um, the third appeal is this, maybe you're a believer um, and you receive salvation, but you haven't received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's really a second work of grace. It, it comes with its own language. It's so unique. Now, languages are very special, right? Language is an important thing. Computers can communicate because they have a certain language to them. Um, you go to a different country, every country has its own language. Heaven is a country. The Constitution of Heaven doesn't say we the people. It says I the King. And the Holy Spirit is the governor in this colony until we go back to the country's headquarters. And so there's a language that we communicate with him. It's nothing spooky. It's just that he gives us words that angels talk, uh, talk so that we can communicate with God in enemy territory. So if you want to receive the, the empowerment, the second work of grace that we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit, would you show me that by raising your hand? I'm just believing for that, and we just pray. we're going to pray with you. I see your hand. All right. Finally, number four, this is my final appeal. I'd love to be your man of God. I'd love to talk to you about um, membership at Destiny Generation. We just believe that we can help you find the path for your life, that there is an empowerment here that we can do great things together, that God has a plan for your life, an amazing plan for your life that's hidden inside himself, but that's also deposited inside you in seed form. That plan is called destiny, and that I can get you from where you are and coach you to where God wants you to be. If you want to get some information about membership at Destiny Generation, would you show me that by raising your hand in Jesus' name, and we'll just share with you after the service. Hallelujah. Amen. Same thing for you that are online, please. I, we're going to pray a prayer of, uh, of salvation, and I want you to pray with us and believe with us, and then reach out to us, instant message. Let us know that you prayed the prayer, and we'll follow up with you directly as well. Right, so let's pray together, and all the saints are praying with me. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe God raised you from the dead just for me. Thank you for receiving me into your royal family. Heavenly Father, I purpose to be a person of prayer. I first pray that you fill me with the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. I fully expect to speak with other tongues as your Spirit gives me utterance. Heavenly Father, I purpose to be a person to be your partner through prayer, to pray for myself, to pray for my family, to pray for my community, and see you move in people's lives because I pray. I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead. You can clap right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Be seated. We just got a few announcements and then we'll be gone. Come on, sweetheart.
Praise the Lord. Didn't we hear a wonderful message from our pastor? Amen.